Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Dr. Gary Vaughn. Gary, thanks for coming alongside. Jim, always glad to be with you. Gary is a psychologist in private practice in the Indianapolis metro where we live and where our studios are located. And uh, Gary, you've been practicing for, well, longer than I think you should be alive. Quite quite a while, 36 years. 36 years. And you've seen all kinds of things walk through your door, I think. I've seen quite a few, yes. And one of the things you mentioned to me last week in our program was that as your practice has evolved over time, I mean, people evolve over time. The society has changed from 36 years ago. One of the things you've noticed is an increasing sense of hopelessness, maybe despair, as people come to your office. Whatever their challenge might be, maybe their marriage isn't working, or maybe they have some kind of crisis on the job or identity crisis. Whatever it is, they seem to have less hope today than they used to have. That's correct. That's what I see quite often now, Jim. And uh, boy, hopelessness is is one of the worst places to be because if you don't have hope, then it's hard to have any motivation to even try to get into a better place. You kind of accept the reality that my life is dark, it's, it's messed up, uh, whatever the difficulty is, I just have to accept it and there's no prospect of ever making things better because hope is the currency of trying to move forward, wouldn't you say? Yes, basically what you're saying is I'm stuck and there's no way out, which then with loss of hope, there's the despair, and with despair, we really talk about those issues of depression, anxiety uh, across the board. And it's a cascading collapse, really, yes, of, almost a, of a personal effect. journey when you lose hope. Correct. One of the most hopeful people I've ever met is a young man named Nick Wojcik. He's 33 years old, and he was born with a very rare disorder, which means that he was born without any arms or legs, without any limbs. And when you think about hopelessness, think about what it would be like to not be able to be in any way mobile yourself. Nick has two feet but no legs. He has a torso and a head and a face and a smile and eyes that dance, but he doesn't have the capacity to reach out for uh, a plate of food or to run across this way or that, uh, to swim across the pool in the way that most of us would take for granted. And I think when I stop and think about what life would be like in a situation like that, I might be hopeless. But Nick is somebody who is so filled with hope because he has found a secret to life and living that makes him smile and makes everyone in his company smile. And he's written a book called Stand Strong, which we've been kind of walking through, Gary, you and I. It's a book about bullying. And if anybody knows about that, Nick does because he's been bullied. Because people who are bullies, insecure in their own realm, take advantage of those who appear to be at first blush vulnerable, more weak than they. And so you can imagine what it would be like for Nick as a a young boy or a teenager at school, or maybe even as a young man. What would it be like for people who are themselves insecure taking advantage of him? And so he writes poignantly in his book, powerfully, I think, about some of his moments where he had to make a decision about whether he could survive or not. And he describes some of the challenges he's had. We're here today to talk about not just the concept of bullying, which we want to visit again because it's a real issue in our time, but also to develop a defense system. How can we defend ourselves against others who might take advantage of us because they think we are weak? As you're listening to our broadcast today, we want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. Write down this number. It's toll-free, and it works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. And uh, I'll give you that number again at the end of the broadcast. But for now, no. Your voice is always welcome. We value you. 
Gary Vaughn and I are talking about bullying and uh, the phenomenon that has described in Nick Wojcik's new book called Stand Strong, but it's not just in this book, it's all across the country, it's in schoolhouses and on factory floors and businesses and offices that are in high-rises, it's in neighborhoods. There's something about human nature flawed that wants to prey on the pecking order of life. And we have many ways in which we all feel insecure. Everyone feels insecure in a way. And sometimes those vulnerabilities provoke and invite and make us pray to bullying. Gary, uh, as you think about bullying today, has it changed much since uh, I was a kid? Now I'm way older than you, let's say. (laughs) You know, when I was a kid, sometimes the bad guys were chasing me down the street after fourth grade. I've got my Roy Rogers metal lunchbox as a defense, but that's all I've got. It's more complicated today, isn't it? It is more complicated, but on the same premise, Jim. I mean, now I still may be running down the street, but I may have the uh, iPad that I'm holding <laughs> on to or my ebook, or a backpack. Uh, but we really do still divide it in kind of three areas. Let's just touch on that for a moment. There's still the physical component of bullying. All of us have seen that as far as a fear maybe we've experienced where it is you know, getting off the bus or walking home from school where it's the, oh, I've got to run faster now because someone may take my, uh, my, my backpack at lunch. I mean, I'll have young people come in. I, this is one thing I always say to parents. If your uh, child is very hungry uh, when they come in and tends to grab food, and not just a snack. Sometimes you need to ask, did someone take your lunch? Or, you know, because that's where it will show up at school. Then there's the uh, issue of the emotional, the taunting, you know, the teasing. Every one of us have had imperfections about our, our physical characteristics, but when somebody starts to really pick on you in front of others, especially and that can be in a school setting where, you know, my ears are too big or my nose is too long or, you know, again with girls, we see a new phenomenon almost it becomes like a, a pack mentality, almost like a wolves hovering around that one will start and then others start to pick. And before long, you're literally in the focus and you can't get out. And you see that just wither young people away where it's like, don't, I don't want to go. I, I need to stay away. And then probably the newest one, Jim goes back to the issue of iPads and is the cyberbullying. You know, now it's online. And so people who tend to want to get online and share their lives, and we've all seen that sometimes with uh, you know, Facebook where people start to share too much, and then a, a bully will take that and literally start to just rip it apart. And then literally before long, your whole life can be out there in front of everyone and being dissected and destroyed. That's the area now that we see that's really fast becoming the area of bullying at its worst. And this kind of bullying you're describing now just has many more channels. It's it's a bigger field where it used to be more limited. Now I could run home as a child and shut the door and the world was shut out behind me. But now with the internet, that world is in my house too. That's exactly and so right. I can't escape the bullying even when I turn on the internet or go to Facebook because someone has made fun of me or has diminished me or is berating me. And that's a very powerful reality that sometimes we underestimate because yes. especially in our developmental years, our sense of self is so hugely influenced by the way in which other people speak to us and about us. Yes. And uh, we're talking about Nick Wojcik in part not just because he wrote this book, but because Nick is going to come and speak at our Church of God convention in Wichita, Kansas next June. I'm so excited to have him on the stage because he's such a compelling witness. And when you see Nick on a stage, he actually comes and uh, he's carried out and placed on a table because he can't stand up on the stage to be seen. So he is set on the table. And as he begins to speak and you realize if this man can have endured and not just endured, triumphed over negative talk in the world around him, people who have very little 
self-esteem for themselves that would project onto him, people who would take advantage of him, people who would say the cruelest things to him. If, if Nick can stand tall and he does, and he stands strong, and he brings life and he encourages with hope everyone, if that can be true for him, it can be for us too. Who am I to deserve such mercy? Who am I to deserve your grace? Who am I that you Nick Wojcik has written a book called Stand Strong. Gary Vaughn, who is a psychologist in private practice here in Indiana, where I live, is with us in the studio. We're talking about some of the ideas that Nick, who was born without any arms or legs, has learned to cope with people who would attempt to bully him, thinking he's vulnerable, and yet he's stronger than any other 10 men I know. 
And uh, Gary, in his book, Stand Strong, he, he kind of catalogs some ideas, some things that he suggests to any of us, no matter what our age or circumstance, if we find ourselves pushed against the wall by somebody else, what do we do? And so I'm interested in your take on some of these things born out of his own experience. For instance, he says, the first thing you have to do in any kind of strategy to defend yourself against a bully is to assess your situation. You have to kind of size it up. What is the threat here? Is this person actually going to physically harm me or are they just big talk? What do you think? Yes, Jim, you know, we talk about assessing the situation. I think all of us in our mind, especially as males, we've kind of dreamed of the... uh, uh, I'll go back in my age here, and we'll be on the same page when Popeye would pop open the spinach. Oh, and, you are and, an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> but even young people today, I will see them say, you know, if there's just some way that I could beat this person, when we talk about that, I'm only going down to their level. So really assessing the situation is really trying to say, what's the best plan here? Do I have to stand up? Does that make me stronger if I could really beat this guy? Because if I do, where does that put me? Where does it place me? He makes a very good point in his book, talking about the issue, a bully can't hurt me or define me because I've defined myself. I know who I am and where I'm going. And I think that's the key as far as assessing it. Do I have that inner strength? Where is it in Christ? And again, it's not that God is going to come down and, you know, there's this magic lamp somehow It's going to give me three wishes. It's no, do I really assess my strengths by saying, here's what I know about me. Here's what I know about myself. And here's what I know Christ has provided in me that then helps me to assess that situation. And the strategy becomes, I think, a different strategy based upon God and what he is doing in my life, not just how do I beat this other person. And I have to assess just how serious is the threat. If the bully is threatening me with a knife, I need need to move away, not stand in place. I mean, that assessment, you have to be realistic about what is in play. But whatever that assessment is, that's going to determine your next step. Which he suggests is call in your backup. And, and I think he's an advocate for if you're feeling bullied, if you have a sense of fear or apprehension about the company of someone or what's going to happen when I go to school today or when I go to work, whatever it is, or for sometimes even in a home because a parent can be a bully or an yes. older sibling can be a bully. Whatever your context, Nick would say, once you understand that you are being bullied and that someone's trying to push you around, you need to tell somebody else yes. that you can trust. Maybe it's a teacher, a parent, a sibling, your pastor, a coworker, but somebody that you trust. You have to help them know that you are feeling vulnerable because that becomes a witness then to what happens next. Yes, and that's what I see in the counseling a lot of times, children particularly. And we're not talking younger, we're talking teenagers. And I will say, who actually knows about this? Well, Dr. Vaughn, I'm I'm afraid to tell anyone because if I do, it'll only increase that. No, it doesn't increase it. It gives you protection. And he makes a very good point. He used that in his own life. You have to, to reach out and be able to have people around you to really say, hey, I need help here. I need protection. And what you said a moment ago, that issue about knowing to, to back away. If somebody's going to beat me up or use a knife, he makes a good point. You run fast. He uses the point of being in a wheelchair. You know, turn that on real quick. We need to be able to do that, but we also need to be able to say, hey, I need help. And I, and it, I stress a lot to parents. Sometimes uh, we, we forget to ask our children what really is going on. When I used that earlier about lunches and eating and But what takes place, because oftentimes you have to probe more, you have to be able to sit there in the car on the way home or at the end of the day, really try to uh, get in and talk to your child to really make sure you understand what is taking place with them on a day-to-day basis so that they feel safe to be able to talk to you. And I think we, hearing that from someone who may be bullied, we need to be very respectful in our reply 
yes. and acknowledge that while we may think they shouldn't be afraid, there's no reason for them to be afraid, they need to know that we'll stand by them and that they are not alone. And yes. for anyone who's been bullied, don't try and cope with it alone. And it may be embarrassing to say, I need help. Yes. But that's the step to having victory. Well, it makes us feel weak if we feel like we have to reach out and ask for help. There's no weakness in it. It's really the strength, and that's what he talks a great deal about in his book. The third thing he recommends is to stay chill. Do not allow your emotions to rise to the level where you yourself become even more vulnerable. Try and just ignore the bully. You can acknowledge the bully, stare right at them so they know that you see them, but walk on by, move on. Don't try and engage them, but just stay cool as best you can. Yeah, sometimes just monitoring our own body movements as far as breathing, you know, how we're responding. Because we do tend to get rattled, for a better term. And it's just taking calm, taking those breaths and saying, hey, wait a second, time out. As you just said, sometimes I just need to move on by. And if I can do that, I can really avoid a situation and really deter what that bully may do. And next, he suggests that we tap into our faith and to God's strength. And of course, this presumes that we have a faith, but I think all of us need to understand that it's impossible to face life alone. And even as you need friends, you need God. And the world is filled with people who have very difficult and broken souls. There are many of them out there. And we need God to be with us. And we need to tap into that faith and know that God knows who we are, where we are, his purposes for us are good, and that he is walking right with us. I'd even go so far as to say, I've had times where I've had to pray that God would post angels around me when I was in a pretty dangerous environment. And I felt like I just can't manage this by myself. And there are some threats here. Some people who think that I might be vulnerable. Lord, you've got to walk with me, put angels beside me. I may not see them, but I believe and know they're there. Yes, the power of prayer and being able to call that into existence with God's help is always something that gives, and it gives peace. It gives contentment in those situations where I feel overwhelmed, that and God it, walks with me. And it helps us get to the next thing that Nick recommends, which is to stand tall. The bullies are more prone to chase after and to prey upon those who do not have confidence, who betray a sense of weakness. But your own sense of confidence in self can grow rapidly out of your faith in God, knowing that he is with you, he is giving you identity, and he is going to stand by you. That can breed a sense of confidence. And as you were talking about just our posture, the way in which we gesture, the way in which we breathe, all of that can be very centered in God and actually be observed on the outside, someone who, does, who knows nothing about God. But what they're observing is a person of confidence. And that can take some of the steam out of the bully's balloon. Yes. Especially, Jim, he goes on and talks about the issue of knowing the battleground. And I think that ties right in with what we're talking about here. You know, assess the situation, but also know uh, where your strengths do lie and what you need to do with that situation as far as do I need to move on? Do I need to... Stay away from certain places, I will tell young people. You know, if you're being confronted in the school cafeteria, well, maybe I can't change my lunchtime, but I can definitely change where I'm sitting or who's around me if it's out on the playground. Because most of the time, bullying with young people really does take place in school. And even though the schools are doing their best at this point to really try to prevent that, it most often happens in a school setting or on the bus. And so you need to kind of monitor where you're sitting, what you're doing, how you're acting. That's that confidence, but also knowing the situation around you. And you're taking control of your own space by paying attention to where you are and where you're not going to be. Yes, exactly. Which brings us to respecting the bully. Uh, I, I think that there's something here. A bully is by nature someone insecure. If, if you're secure with yourself, if you're confident in yourself, you do not need to take advantage of other people. Right. 
And so respecting the bully, helping the bully understand that they are not despised, that, that your reaction is not one that they would expect or actually try and feed, but that you actually stand tall and you respect that they have a right to be on the street too. They have a right to be in the school. You're just not going to be intimidated by them. But there's a certain respect interchange there that we wouldn't think of. But boy, you can force yourself. You can focus on that and you can do that. Yes. Especially the issues you just said, I can let someone intimidate me, but I can stop and really compose myself and go, wait a second, what do I know about myself? And we talked about this a moment ago. What do I know about my strings? Again, it's not a challenging issue. It's being able to have that confidence to be able to say, at this moment, here's what I can do differently. Here's how I can respond and respect the boundaries and keep those in place. makes a big difference when you're talking about dealing with a bully. And one of the other things that Nick recommends as part of his defense strategy is do not allow the bully to get you alone or to take you away from others. Don't let the bully isolate you right? because you're more vulnerable isolated. So your own commitment to stay in a social context and to stay in the company of others, and even when you're home, let's say you might want to isolate yourself, uh, but don't isolate yourself from conversation with your family or your friends, people you trust, because all of that makes you more vulnerable to the bully's design. Yes, and when we talk about the cyber bullying, Jim, that's what happens with a lot of young people. We see it a lot. Uh, it's easy at times to become involved in Facebook and some of those areas where you're really the only person. And I find this even with young people playing video games, because now with the technology, you know, you can put on a headset and you can be in that video game with someone who's another city, another town. And I've had young people who have been bullied in those video games to the point where they're scared to even talk about it with their family. So I think you need to make sure when we're talking about the issue of bully, don't let cyberspace become an area where you get trapped as well. I want to talk about it, I want to be open to my parents, people around me saying, hey, here's what's happening even when I'm playing this video game. Do not be isolated. Nick suggests that if you're a minor child or an adolescent, find five adults that can be part of your defense team. And I know that that may be a tall challenge for some kids who may not feel like there are many adults they can trust. But think about it, pray about it. Five adults are a force to be reckoned with if you're a minor child. If you're an adult, find five friends, people that you can trust that will help you process and to understand and to walk with you whatever the challenge might be. This is James writing in the New Testament. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. It's a really remarkable passage, and it talks about the value of trouble. And in this case, I think we could say the value of bullying, because it will force us to make a choice, whether we're going to succumb to it and surrender to it, or whether we're going to endure. And if we choose to endure, then it can actually refine us and hone us and make us complete and perfect. What do you think, Gary? In what way could you imagine that enduring bullying would improve my future? Well, Jim, as you've said, even through this verse, I mean, I was reflecting just for a moment what we both know. Look at what Christ endured. Now, again, I'm not Christ, but I look at what he was able to show us through his life. I mean, if anyone was bullied, anyone was taunted, anyone was made fun of, it was Christ. And yet he was able to sit there and say, can you love these people 
even when this happens? Can you love that neighbor who does these things to you? I think it gives us the strength that if we really build upon these areas, that we really can come out the other side of it saying, does it give me a self-confidence of really believing in that verse in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me? Again, it gives me a sense of self through Christ, which helps me to build on a different platform to really show the mind of Christ and hopefully to be able to be an example to others of what it means to have Christ in my life living through me, even in difficult, delicate times. And whenever you've endured that kind of trouble, and as Jesus demonstrates, he not only comes out on top, but he is an advocate for all those who are oppressed. And I think there's something when you have yourself been pushed against the wall, when you have had your own blood spilled, you're more likely to defend and to rise up to help someone else who is vulnerable. And there's something really empowering and righteous about that. Of course, Jesus himself is our advocate, but we too can be advocates for those who may be themselves under the gun, so to speak, and we can intervene on their behalf because we have been there where they are. And even though in the moment bullying can seem to be a dead end, know this, anything you surrender into the hand of God is turned around for the good. If you're listening to us today and you feel like you're under pressure because there's someone in your life that is taking advantage of you, they're intimidating you, they're trying to push you around, or maybe you're listening to us today and you're one of those who is pushing others around and you don't feel good about it, I want to invite you, wherever you are in that continuum, to just pause for a moment and pray with us. Take a deep breath and know that God is listening. Father, we're so thankful today that in this broken world, you are always working to mend. We're thankful, Lord, that you have the capacity to come alongside and to visit us and to walk with us and to defend us. We're thankful for your son, Christ, who knows better than anyone how difficult it can be in this world and still who knew how to give life and to be life. May we walk in his shadow. May we walk in his footsteps. And I pray for anyone that's being bullied right now, Lord, that they will be encouraged knowing they are not alone and give them wisdom supernaturally to know how to respond. Thank you for Nick Wojcik and his courage in standing forward and for the book and ministry that have been born by his heart and experience. And for anyone today who might be a bully, we pray, Lord, that you will help reassure them to know that they have worth and value apart from the way in which They take advantage from others and that that is not the way forward, that they can be secure enough to bring peace, not to take from, but to give. We thank you for hearing our prayer and we place our lives in your hands, Lord, admitting that we are powerless by ourselves to remedy our sin or to make a way forward, but because of the work of Jesus on the cross, we can be new and transformed. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Now give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's our number, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 1-800-757-8439. If you prefer, check us out online, cbhchristiansbroadcastinghopeviewpoint.org. Send us a message, read about the ministry. We will reply. You can also send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, let us hear from you this week. Gary Vaughn, as always, great to be in your company. Thanks for the work you do. Jim, thank you for having me today. Appreciate it. And we thank you for joining us. We hope you'll be with us again next week as Viewpoint continues to try and help you to see your life from heaven's view. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.